This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up here in just a moment, phenomenal conversation with Senator Kevin Kramer earlier today in our live stream town hall. And I want to start tonight with some shocking social media cancel culture. If you watched the show last night, you know that we talked about it. It was just one year ago yesterday. We took the the administration, the Trump administration, talked about 15 days to slow the spread, stop the spread. And if you watched last night's show, you saw that we, we sort of mashed together a clip of President Trump, Dr. Fauci, uh, Vice President Pence, and Dr. Deborah Burks from the presser from one year ago yesterday. So this is, a, this is a presidential press conference talking about COVID. I wanna share with you what Facebook did to that video up on Facebook. Here's what they put. They said, hey, your, your video is partially muted because it may contain music. I was like, music? That belongs to someone else. And then they say, morning, Joe. Here's what happened, folks. And I did a live stream on this earlier today. So please go to our Facebook page and watch this in its entirety. It's facebook.com forward slash POV now. Again, facebook.com forward slash POV now. But when you go watch what I put up, the videos, the videos about, I don't know, 11 minutes, the only piece that they muted out of that soundbite that we played for last night was President Trump. It is shocking when you go watch how Facebook, they mute everything President Trump says. As soon as you can see here, Dr. Fauci walks up to the mic, all of a sudden, whoop, audio goes back up, plays Dr. Fauci, plays Vice President Pence, plays Deborah Burks, but no President Trump. That's where we started our conversation earlier today with Senator Kevin Kramer going, hey, what are you guys going to do to these companies like Facebook and all these other people that are thriving, if you will, in this cancel culture and cult and canceling so many conservative voices. Here's our conversation with Senator Kevin Kramer. Senator Kramer, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you. I know we've got you for a limited time, so I want to jump right in here. And I want to start with something that is shocking cancel culture. We're doing a town hall here today. One of the first questions that came in for you is, hey, what's Senator Kramer going to do to help protect my First and Second Amendment rights? So if you don't mind, sir, I'm going to take a little bit of time to set this up, and then I want to get your reaction and ask you about it, okay? So last night, uh, it was actually one year ago yesterday where President Trump stood up and talked about, hey, just 15 days to stop the spread. He did a press conference. It was him, Dr. Fauci, Vice President Pence, Deborah Burks, a bunch of people. What happened, sir, is we did a mashup last night. We played a little bit of President Trump, a little bit of Dr. Fauci, a little bit of Vice President Pence, a little bit of uh, Dr. Burks. And then I posted on Facebook, and here's what it says. Your video is partially muted because it may contain music that belongs to someone else. They said, morning, Joe. I personally have no idea what they're talking about. But what I want you to see here, Senator, is watch what happens when I press play here on President Trump. And I'm going to fast forward a little bit to the exact same clip and go to Dr. Fauci and just notice something. Can you hear him, Senator? I cannot. Exactly. Now watch this. July, the guidelines are a 15 day trial guideline to be reconsidering. Your Dr. Fauci, Senator? Guidelines and that will be yep. in effect until July. But the president was saying that. So, Facebook, and I'm going to put, bring this up here Facebook muted, Senator, 
the only part of that video of President Trump, and I want to share with you a little bit about what Somebody he said. Anthony, and I think I ask him that question every day, and uh, I speak to Deborah, I speak to a lot of them, I get the opinion. So it seems to me that if we do a really good job, uh, we'll not only hold the death down to a, a level. So for time's sake, I, you know, but we played about a minute of that, sir. And they, the only part of the video that was muted was President of the United States in a COVID presser. Please tell me what you were doing to Facebook, Twitter, these companies to stop this cancel culture. Well, there's a cu couple of things. First of all, with regard to Facebook and, and all of the other tech giants, and I'd be very interested, frankly, in, in thoughts that your viewers might have about this. Remembering that they are private companies, that they have investors, that um, they are not broadcasters, unlike, say, uh, somebody that's broadcasting over the the, uh, the airwaves, like like uh, TV stations and radio stations do, which is, of course, public spectrum, and you know about all of that. But they, but they are, nonetheless, um, in my view, they, they should be subject to some form of, of regulation, including uh, the standards of decency. Uh, that's where the 230 protections get in. The problem is this, though, in terms of what am I, quote, doing about it. We we can do things like we're doing right now, keep highlighting it. We can keep the pressure on. Uh, we can ask these, you know, these these CEOs and whatnot questions and various hearings. I, I, my fear, though, is, is that the only way to really get them to change their behavior is to litigate it. Uh, I, I do think there's some bipartisan support for going after some of the tech giants for different reasons. And for Democrats, one of the biggest reasons is, is they just make too much money or they don't share their revenue, their ad revenue with others that ride on their platforms. Um, for Republicans or for conservatives, it's the it's this First Amendment issues. It's the violation of people's First Amendment rights. And uh, in, in the fact that they're monopolies or near monopolies, I think does provide some opportunity for other types of litigation. And this is where the states are, are getting involved. And that has to do with antitrust. Um, but, but remembering that not all tech companies are the same. Facebook's not the same as Twitter. Twitter's not the same as, say, uh, as to say Amazon, Amazon with its servers. None of them are the same as an internet service provider, which, which is more sort of a common carrier. Um, so it's complex, Chris. Uh, my the answer I'd love to give you is what we ought to do is we, we need to find a way to incentivize or inspire competition. And that's going to be really, really hard to do when a company has the kind of lock on the marketplace like a Facebook has. So um, but I think we just have to keep dragging them in front of committees. We have to keep so, threatening them with legislation as well as, as litigation. And, and I hear everything you're saying, sir. I, I think where I'm struggling, our audience is struggling, is the fact that we are under this idea we live in the freest country in the world. And that, that's probably true. But my point is that this wasn't some random video. This was actually video taken from a white from, from the White House YouTube channel a year and a day ago. There was nothing nefarious said there. And right. the fact that a company can silence the president of the United States, I guess, bigger picture, what do you, that, that, that yeah. could happen to you. Yeah, so yes, it can. I would expect it might someday. Um, I've pushed the boundaries a little bit. Can I, can I, can I just pause for one second? Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you because I guess the, the other piece that I wanted to add there is that the, the most disheartening piece to me here that, that Facebook did, because honestly, if I wouldn't have done the homework, I would have just looked at this and thought, oh, apparently there was music in my video that I didn't 
There is no music in this video. There's there's no morning Joe, so they're lying about it. Yeah, so they're they're lying. Their, their excuse is, is made up. Um, so again, unless there's a law violated, and we could argue that there's a constitutional right that has been violated in the president of the United States. Um, but here's what I don't understand, Chris. I, I, so if unless there's a law violated, you know it's hard to go after them with some sort of enforcement mechanism until such time there'd be a regulation or a new law created. And we'll continue to work on those. I think the 230 protections, that is the, the as you know, that's the Decency Act protections of liability protections that they enjoy, um, that a newspaper doesn't enjoy, by the way, um, that, that a new television station news department doesn't enjoy, but these guys do. Um, and that's, that's one area where we have gone after my, joined in letters, I've joined in legislation. Um, but until such time as there's enough of a will politically to get something like that passed, I think what we do is keep highlighting it. But here's what here's what escapes me. Here's probably what concerns me, Chris, more than anything. It's not that even just that Facebook does it. It's it's that there's there are such barriers to competition. Take for example example Parlor, which was and is a competing more conservative or shall we say mainstream platform for people to to socialize on. Parler was shut down not by the government, not by Facebook or their competitors, more direct competitors, Twitter. They were shut down by Amazon. Why? Because Amazon owns many of the servers that they ride on. So their Amazon's using their utility um, power to shut down a competitor. That is the essence of antitrust. That's the essence of antitrust. So I do think some of these states are on the right path. But, but here, here's the other thing. The, the bigger, higher level concern I have. These are communications companies. These are platforms designed to share information. What bothers me is their CEOs, their owners, their founders seem to not even have a fundamental understanding of how special the United States of America is. They don't have any concept of how fantastic their freedom is. They have no appreciation for the fact that in no other country in the world could they do what they do here. Sir, American-based on purpose. You are reading my mind. We're going to get to the China thing in a moment, where I think there's some pretty shocking news there. So let's let's talk about this for a moment. Um, you had tweeted out uh, on March 14th because Dr. Fauci was suggesting, "Hey, President Trump should push his reporters to get the COVID vaccine." You said Fauci can't be this ignorant. Freedom lovers don't just follow Trump on command. Their views on personal privacy and skepticism. Last night, President Trump did a, an interview with Maria Bartiromo on Fox News and says, hey, I would, I'm quoting here, I would recommend it. I would recommend it to a lot of people that don't want to get it. And a lot of those people voted for me. We have our freedoms. We have to live by that. And I agree with that also. I was pretty stunned by that. I want to get your reaction to President Trump recommending the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, first of all, Chris, I wasn't surprised he did that. Because as you know, he was quite bullish on the vaccine. And by the way, could we take this moment just to say thank you very much, President Trump, for Operation Warp Speed, for getting us three vaccines in super duper record time, something that no other president in yours in my lifetime would have or could have done. They wouldn't have done it because they wouldn't have worked that hard. They wouldn't have worked that hard on it. Nobody would have pushed the FDA and the bureaucracy the way Donald Trump did. That's why he became president. That's why we have three vaccines today. He's, he also took the vaccine, as you know, he, he and uh, the first lady did uh, very quietly in January. Uh, um, so I was surprised that he that he advocates for it and that he suggested that people do it. But the um, the bottom line is this, that he also recognized my point. 
People are free to do what they want. And the reason free people follow Donald Trump and support Donald Trump is because he respects that freedom. Anthony Fauci, on the other hand, seems to have no respect for that liberty. And that's what makes us conservatives. That's what makes us Republicans. It's what makes us want to support Donald Trump as opposed to the other way around. And I think Anthony Fauci illustrated in those statements in the, to the Sunday uh, TV shows that he doesn't understand that, that he doesn't understand that the heart of a conservative is somebody who takes personal responsibility, appreciates personal liberty, and at the same time appreciates personal privacy. And uh, so anyway, that, that's what I was tweeting about. I hear the governors talk about their vaccination rates, and, and you are able to dive into this a heck of a lot better than I am. Is there, and I'm only saying this because even when President Biden got up to speak and he did his address, you know, fairly recently, there's just such a conversation about take the vaccine, take the vaccine. Is there some kind of financial incentive for states that have high vaccination rates or might missing something? Are they just pushing it because they want to push it or what? Yeah, so good, good point. I, I don't know what's in the heart of every state or every governor or whatnot. But Chris, what I think is, I do think there is a natural appropriate incentive. And that is they want to get things back to normal as quickly as they can. They know that the vaccine is the, the fastest vehicle to getting to herd, uh, herd immunity. <clears throat> Although I have a sense that if, if they tested everybody in America for antibodies, they'd find out there's a lot more you know, immunity out there than they even know about. But I think that's what the vaccine does. It represents the best opportunity for these mayors and these states to reopen for business and, and to generate the type of you know, economic activity that results in, in a booming economy and, and revenue for their priorities, things like that. Have you taken the shot? And if not, will you take it as soon as you have the opportunity? So, as you know, I've had the opportunity quite early on because they did, they made members of Congress um, a high priority for the continuation of government argument. Um, I did not, I think you probably know, I did test positive for the antibodies. I never had a positive test for, um, for the uh, for the the pandemic or for the virus, uh, although I did test multiple times, but I did have a, a very positive a positive test, strong test for antibodies, which means I obviously had the virus at some point, and uh, just have no idea when because I've never had a symptom. <laughs> that said, I because of that and because frankly, as a pretty healthy sixty year old man, I didn't really feel all that comfortable getting ahead of the line, even though I'm a United States senator. I'm pretty sure there are other people that can handle it. Um, but I will, in fact, take it. Um, I will, in fact, get the vaccine. In fact, I might even be scheduled to do it. I'm just not sure right now, but I've been waiting to, to let the, the, you know, the antibodies wear off a little bit. In fact, I've been, I've been advised by a, a few doctors that there's no reason for somebody that has antibodies to get the vaccine.